0: Hebrews chapter 8. I love this book. Are you ready? Here we go. Remember last week we have such a great high priest. We needed a high priest. We needed a special one. We needed one that was sinless because the weight of our sins is just piling up generation upon generation. We needed a priest who could bring us safely to our God, that could lead us through all the detritus and all of the junk of all of the centuries that are our fault. Let's be very honest about this. I've gone through pain. I've gone through sickness. I've gone through sorrow. I've gone through loss, but most of my scars are self-inflicted, and I think that's true of a lot of us, and that we needed a priest who could save us in spite of ourselves, and the name Melchizedek has come up a few times already again and again in the arguments that the writer of Hebrews is making, but it will not be mentioned again because Melchizedek brought us to a place Jesus will take us the rest of the way home. We've been brought to a high priest that now we're able to give our full attention to. We don't have to think about the rotating priest uh, that they had there. They had a system of rotation And in Jesus' day, it was an awful system because it had been politically modified and changed. So the Sadducees had a turn and the Pharisees had a turn. And we're told now you can look at one. Just look at one. Listen to one, not to many voices, but to one. This priest is not just able, like earthly priest, to bring our sins to the Father. This priest is the Father and is God and sits at the right hand of God. Now, just very quickly, I've done this before. There are always newer Christians or doubting Christians. We, we're all doubting Christians at sometimes, but they struggle with the idea, Jesus is God, is the Father, and sits at the right hand of the Father. Please remember, we live in the land of physics, and it's a beautiful land, and I wouldn't want to live without it. It's the speed rules and the traffic laws of the universe. But when you get real small, not you, things, or real big, the rules of physics break down. They don't work. And the idea of three being one and one being three makes perfect sense. Is there anything bigger than God? The scripture says, now the main point of what we're saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord not by a mere human being and here's where we need to take a side road for a moment we need to play some catch-up there's something exceptionally powerful and important going on here the jewish readers would have gotten it immediately the jewish listeners would not need an explanation because their entire culture and their their jewish blood and their law they knew what he's talking about but we are we, we got to play catch up here let's start with the prayer that the savior gave us there's a line here that is easy to read nod and say we understand but i don't think we do and and matthew chapter 6 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven to us we leap to the simplistic because we don't have the jewish culture and tradition to fall back on and and we really need to go back there and grab some we go simplistic okay god wants us to behave oh it's much more than this jews understood remember a couple weeks ago i did this to show you we've got to move it from the head to the heart there's another thing i want to do today the jews understood that what we did on earth is to mirror what is going on in heaven We are to intentionally move, speak, and be as those in heaven, to reflect heaven while we're on earth. We are saints. We are Christians. But another word the Jews would have been very comfortable with is that we are mirrors of the deity. We are mirrors of the Almighty, and we are mirrors of what goes on in heaven. In fact, think about it. Jesus was all about charity, was he not? Jesus was all about loving the unlovable. He was all about remembrance and forgiveness. And thank you for that this morning. Well done. He was was all about this to the point where in Matthew 25, he says, those are the ones who get to go in. He gave clothes to the naked. You fed the hungry. You visited those in prison. You know the passage. You reflected what we do in heaven, he says. Therefore, you belong there what do you reflect are you a walking mirror of what is going on above us the tabernacle was a mirror the temple was a mirror there was a single entry there was a journey there was a washing before you came in an offering and an acknowledgement of the presence of god and the closer you got into the tabernacle or the temple the more holy you would get Because you are moving into a reflection of heaven. In cathedrals, this is intentionally and skillfully modeled. As you enter a cathedral, you will find minor saints. And you also find a washing. In the Roman Catholic tradition, there's a font there. And people will dip their fingers. They'll cross themselves because they're coming into the presence of the Holy Now, they do not believe, and I was told they did when I was a boy, but they don't. They don't believe God's locked up in a building. They don't believe the building is sacred. What they're saying is, we want to remind you that we are walking in sacred space. And so, you do the little cross, you step in, and then you have minor saints, and then you have bigger saints, and then you go up and you've got Mary, and then you've got up front almost always three windows or three representations the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Orthodox Church is even more intentional about this. And they are, everything is designed to bring you from the outside to the holy. The incense, the prayers, the sacred singing. If you're confused about all of this, why do the Catholics do this? I don't believe we need to. I don't believe it's a salvation thing. I'm not concerned about, I'm not trying to bring it here. But why they're doing it, read Revelation. They're trying to mirror Revelation. Prayers, incense, songs, moving toward the throne. Everything moves toward the great chapter seven, the great worship chapters in the book of Revelation. And I, by the way, am considering doing a book of Revelation series like we've been doing Hebrews. So um, I'm not ready yet, but if we get there, come for your favorite chapter. Uh, anyway, um, it, it was rather... Cami and I experienced this on purpose when we were in Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago. Sunday morning comes. There are churches about the place, but right down the block from where we were is the oldest church in North America, the, the uh, Catholic Church of uh, San Juan Bautista. We decided to go. We sat on the back pew uh, and watched. And uh, Cami doesn't speak any Spanish. I speak just enough to... Um, get everybody confused and upset, but I understand Spanish pretty well. I just can't speak it because they like to speak it like it's, all right, older people will get this, like it was recorded at 33 and played at 45. <laughs> all right, we're good? We're good. So I have, um, I, it's, uh, but anyway, I like to, I like to hear it, and I lean over, and I'd say they're, they're reading this scripture now. Uh, half of Catholic service is reading scripture, and then, they go down with the little sensor. What's that? Read Revelation. It's the prayers of the saints. What's going on? Take a look over here and over here. These are saints, minor, major, and then up at the front, the three windows. Everything they were doing was a reflection. Now you walk outside, by the way, no air conditioning. Had a bunch of fans moving about, which we thoroughly appreciated. Those aren't in Revelation, but they should be. And then outside is heat, some poverty, Although they're coming back from a hurricane, and there were riots there this week, uh, fully justified, by the way, because some of the th- some of the things the government had been up to. Regardless, I mean, nobody was hurt in the riot. When I say riot, they were standing in the street saying "boo." All right, that's that's it. Um, it it wasn't like our riots where we always amped it up a bit. Um, they the uh, it's and not like the old British riots which. They're not like they were. And back in the old day, British riots were standing out there saying, we don't care for this sort of thing. That was it. Um, so anyway, so I used riot and I was the wrong word. There were protests. Anyway, it was, there were difficulties outside. Inside was, was heaven. Everything moving toward heaven. Now, I don't know with us in our culture whether we could ever devise such a thing or whether we even should but there are some parts of our worship that are an intentional mirroring of heaven, but we got to get to that later. That's not going to show up for a few chapters yet. Jesus used that mirror belief when he said this in Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, oh, there's a surprise. Peter talked first. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And I bet he was smiling just like this. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you, you're Peter. And upon this rock, all right, God did not build his church on Peter. It was the rock of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He used different words. Let's not go down that rabbit hole yet, all right? And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, and some versions will not overcome it. Let's hold that slide up there for a moment. When I was a boy, I thought that meant the devil can't Destroy you. That's not what it means. Gates are not offensive weapons. The devil cannot survive us. His gates will be shattered by what we do and what is done in heaven. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Have you noticed the mirroring? Let's go. Jesus even said, if if two or more of you agree about something on earth, Father and I will agree with you. Let's go. He didn't say let's go, but that's a whole point of let's move together. Let's work in tandem with God. And I I brought this up some time ago. Uh, A few years ago, our brother Lemons did a prayer seminar for us. He's done approximately 22,000 for everybody else, so we said, hey, how about us? He did a prayer seminar. Well, uh, this early on in Mark's days, and so he came to lead some worship during it uh, on his own, and as he's up here playing, it was one of those duh moments for me. About the third or fourth song, I went, all the prayer songs are in waltz time. I had not, I had not fallen in, and understood that we have an expression we I hadn't twigged but I don't know how to say that to you guys And uh, in Britain, I hadn't twigged to that before it was just like oh prayer is a dance as we reflect God and he reflects us it's amazing Hebrews writer will, will write a little bit about this as well. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. By the way, God's the one to design that, so that's what he wants. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promises. Ah, we do need to do some unpacking. There are those here uh, in our planet, who leap upon the phrase, do everything according to the pattern, and they lift that out to, act, to justify a legalism. It's, it turns our worship into a magic act. I love magic. I love watching magic. Um, and I'm one of those that never wonders, how did they do that? Don't care. That was just, oh, that was lovely. I enjoyed that. You know, there are people that get so frustrated. I'm going, like, you know, go away. <laughs> this is just fun. But worship is not a magic act. If you if you don't if you take the cup before the bread, if you break the bread before the prayer or uh, break the bread after the prayer, I'm not kidding, that was a division in Scotland and in Africa. If you um if it's one cup or many cups, you know, if it's This isn't a magic act. It's not like we're going to do everything and Jesus comes out of the grave. He is resurrected. It's not about precision. It's his precision that saves us, not ours. God used the tabernacle and temple worship as a model to show what Jesus does for us all the time. He's the one precision, not us. And besides, the writer immediately states, we're not under the covenant that had that rule. It's amazing they don't go on to see that passage. We're under a better one. And everyone needs to hear what what the writer says next. But Christians should pay more attention than anybody else. Hebrews chapter 8, 7 through 9. For If there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people hang on to that phrase, remember that phrase, and said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel, remember that one too, and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them out of the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. Wow. Wow. A lot of Christians throughout history have read this passage and start puffing up a bit, thinking, we're better. We have a better covenant than the Jews did. Their ways are done. We win. Nothing could be further from the truth. Who did he give the new covenant to there? Israel. Judah. Why? He loves them. Well, then, in verse 4 and 5, he he stresses, Jewish priests are still offering sacrifices, and he doesn't say, I don't know why. It was fine for them to do that. Jesus doesn't need to be doing it on earth because people are doing it down here. He does it in heaven. We work as a team. God says how many times, come, let's reason together, says the Lord. And he would say to Moses, for example, right, we're going to do this. And Moses would say, I really wish you wouldn't, could we do this instead? And God goes, okay. And I love the Gideon story for so many reasons. Don't get me started on Gideon, because we will be here for 45 minutes, and and nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. One of my favorite bits is the angel of the Lord, who is Jesus, appears in the threshing floor and is is talking to Gideon. Gideon's not convinced this is really God and um, what's going on, so he says, but he thinks he better offer something, you know, so he's going to offer some goat soup. Not sure why that was the first thing to leap into his mind. But he didn't. He said, um, he's going to go prepare it. He says, you wait right. He's talking to God. You wait right here, and I'll go fix it. And God goes, okay. Wow. What kind of God do we serve? It may not be the God of cartoons that we have had in too many sermons. This is something different. And What was wrong with that first covenant? Nothing. He said something was wrong with the people. He didn't say with the Jews. He said with the people. He didn't say, you know, God, he says, God found fault with the people. He didn't say, I found fault with my people. It's all people. All of us struggle to keep the law. So he brings a new covenant. Why? Because he likes us and he wants us to succeed. The old covenant wasn't getting us where we needed to be. So God did something else because he wants to be with us. Not because, well, you couldn't do that one. No, no, he's not your mean aunt, uncle, cousin, crazy person in the attic, whatever it is. He's not that. He said, all right, we've got to find a way to make them win. We've got to find a way to help them. So while the Jewish people receive the covenant, he brings us in too, and that's really special. Look at Hebrews again. We're going to read it again seven through nine, if there'd been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for the other. What was wrong with the first covenant? We, we didn't do it right, and we kept blowing it. So poor design, um, us, sin, broke everything. The covenant was made for people that were not sinners. Ah, well, so God found fault with the people and said, kill them all. No, no. Uh, he said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. That's really interesting because Israel had been gone for a long time when this was said. Why do you say Israel and Judah? Israel had disappeared. The ten tribes of the north were gone. They never came back. Well, if you go online, you can find things that will say the Africans are the real Israelites or the British, the British Israelite, I'm not making this up. The British Israelite movement was huge, major, uh, all rubbish. Everybody hates DNA when it proves you're wrong. No, 10 tribes are just gone. So he's saying, I'm making a tribe with, every, I'm making a covenant with everybody and of course with Judah, my people. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand. To le- There's that dance, to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. Notice, he's not happy turning away from us and he wants to turn back. That's the God we've gotten. That should make us happy. So what is this new covenant we've been added to? What's the covenant that God's given us now? Fully aware of our weaknesses, of our inability to keep the covenant that God made on the, and gave us on Mount Sinai. And here the writer responds to that by giving us the longest quotation in the entire New Testament from the book of Jeremiah, verses 10 through 12. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. That's all of us, the diaspora. After that time declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbors, say to one another, Know the Lord, because they'll all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. Wow. We got to look at this. The old law was written in stone, The new one in our hearts. Why? Because we're not really good at keeping laws, and when we do, we keep them here, but not here. You drive for it might say fifty-five. You're going seriously, and maybe you're a good person, or you've just maxed out on your points, but you go fifty-five ish, and you wear your seatbelt. Yesterday, I was part of a big fundraiser for Carbon Monoxide Poisoning Awareness. It was up in Indianapolis. 98 people who drive slingshots were up there. 98 slingshots, I don't know how many people. And they let us do a couple laps on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which was very, very cool. I'm not a speed racing fan at all, but I geeked out, and I know how to turn left, so I got there. And everybody always goes, how fast did you go? That's classified. Um... (laughs) It, it, they did give us a limit. We all laughed. And we went. Had a, had a, had a great time doing it. They gave us a limit and we said thank you and didn't keep it. Why? Uh, what are you going to do? Give me a speed ticket for going too fast on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? I'm framing that thing. I might bronze it. The law was not in our hearts. It was in written. And God says, no, I want to to put it on your heart. I want you to drive safe because you care about the other drivers, let's say, and you want to go home and see your kids. I want you to to follow these laws because you want to. And he's going to put his heart heart and soul right here. Here is where we take a deep breath, feel the breeze of the Holy Spirit is when we agree with God about his law. And we take it in. And we say, you know, that's who we are. Let's reflect that. Let's reflect who we are to the world. Let's reflect the Holy Spirit to the world. Let's be, the big breath, who God wants us to be on earth as it is in heaven. The Holy Spirit reminds us, guides us, corrects us, not by a legal code, but by our consciences. The scripture says, if those consciences have been sprinkled by the blood of the Lamb, and that means we have been baptized. We have been immersed in water, and now we are immersed in Christ, and immersed in the Spirit. Check out Romans chapter 8 for more. This will not be a faith you're born into. No, that's not the way that works. That's why that phrase, you're not going to have to tell your neighbor or your children, know the Lord, because back then you were born into the faith. And at a certain time, they would sit you down and say, you are a Jew, here are the rules, here are why we are, who we are. But no, to get into this faith, you have to do it willingly, knowingly, head on, mentally aware, I'm walking in. Therefore, everybody in the church knows they're in the church. It's not a surprise. You weren't born into it. That's why, and I love it when parents baptize their children. I just love that. That's why they look at their child and they will ask, do you believe? Do you accept? Are you ready? And the child goes yes, because when they come out of that water, they're going to be a Christian already knowing who they're following. We don't have to tell them they will know we keep his law in our hearts and because he knows us i want to talk about that phrase remember their sins no more really really quickly there is a, a phrase there that comes from a, a, a jewish school event actually you see they in not have paper so how do you do your lessons Well, there would be a, a pan with a very very thin layer of wax And you would do your writing with a stick, a stylus of some sort, and then a scribe would correct, and you'd go back and forth. When it was was finally done, and the lesson was over, and he needed to, to move on, the scribe would hold the pen over a fire, and the wax would run together, and that action of the wax running together and becoming unreadable is exactly what he used here not only unremem- he won't remember them, they're not there to be found. So when I go to God, as I do, and sometimes say, God, I did it again, in heaven, you did what again? Every time you sin, if you're trying to reflect, we're not being sloppy here, if you're trying to reflect God, it's the first time. Because he's let the wax run together. He will remember your sins no more. And now you're ready to take a look at verse 13. By calling this covenant new, he's made the first one obsolete. And what is absolute... Try that again. I'd like to learn English one day. What is absolute and outdated will soon disappear. Does this mean Christians win, Jews lose? No, no, no. The closer we come into contact with Jesus... It means the more we are open to the spirit of God, the more we live our lives to mirror the working of heaven, the less we need laws and regulation. We don't need to make all these rules. God's doing something new. Would you bring your team back up? I'm going to walk off this way because I know it's a little complex. Give a bit of time. Every day... He's doing something new. At the birth of every child, he is doing something new. As we take our next breath, go ahead and take it. He is doing something new. Would you stand, please? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we breathe in the Holy Spirit of Christ. We invite him to polish these mirrors of our hearts. We invite you to dance with us and us with you. And Father, we'll let you lead. Take us to a new place. Take us to a new life. Let us each day look less like us and more like you. May the Spirit of God draw us closer into the work of heaven. In the name of Jesus, the whole church says, amen.